Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Home Improvement, KMOX, Scott Mosby. We are live and lively. Many things happening here. So much to talk about on University of KMOX. Stay tuned, more to come. Phone lines for you right now, 314 436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. And we're going to talk about anything related to you or uh, perhaps my invitation, uh, anybody that is in your neighborhood that does a great job of decorating. One of the great joys that I have personally is I love holiday decorations. I, I don't do a whole lot. I, I kind of trim my house out nicely. I have some uh, rope lights that are on the house um, 365 days a year because I don't like getting up and down and all that. So all the high work is done uh, and stays there uh, year-round. So I just turn those on year-round. Or, or you know, Well, I do on 4th of July and various other holidays. I'll put those lights on. But I do my part. I'm not Clark Griswold, but I love those guys. Uh, any big decoration, if you've got somebody that really matters, um, I'd like to give a shout-out here to them here on CAMWAC. So give me a call, 314-436-7900. We'll talk about some of the best holiday decorations in your neighborhood and uh, or just some of the best neighborhoods to drive through. This is your opportunity to promote where you live. Uh, it's part of the St. Louis community. We are in this together. And uh, perhaps uh, say thank you to the neighbor who, you know, does that decorating, or maybe you're the one that does that. 314-436-7900. Now, if you are working on your own home, maybe you're a newer homeowner, somebody that is new to uh, do it yourself uh, and uh, needs a little bit of help, advice, I'm help. I'm glad to help. Uh, all of us learn the same way by trying and learning and being trained with some of those things in the absence of classes to go to, to or a, um, a really, you know, phenomenally skilled carpenter or tradesperson next to you. This may be your best bet. That and you know various internet uh, sites for learning things. Give me a call. I promise to give you my very best. I've been around the block. Uh, I started out as a carpenter years ago after I got out of college. A little bit of an interesting path there. Uh, certainly, uh, the university experience was a start for me. Um, and, you know, I'm a Mizzou alumni, alumnus, if you will. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. Learned a lot there. As I came back out of uh, university after graduation, my father put me on a construction crew because he wanted me to know how to build things, how the business runs, uh, what it's like to supervise people, what it's like to be outside when it's uh, 15 degrees or whatever, and the uh, quality issues that can come from weather-related. Uh, humans are uh, part of the mix. That That's what we do. Uh, we do our best under various circumstances. Those weather conditions affect the outcome of the project and actually can be minimized with good design. 
so the work that might be done or the method that might be done in July is different than might be uh, built on site uh, as in February. We can talk about that and more. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. So I was uh, really came into that industry from the trades. I love tradesmen. I love uh, this work. Uh, this is this is a real joyful career for me. I build things that will be here long after I am gone from this earth. I have the joy of uh, driving around town, seeing uh, buildings that were built. Our company is now in its 71st year. We celebrated our 70th year last year. There are things that are going to outlive me that my father built 40, 50, 60 years ago and the various renditions So uh, a really exciting thing for me personally is to go to a house that my father built or remodeled some years ago and work it over again for another generation. Think of us at Mosby Building Arts as house recyclers, remodelers. We give it a new life. Uh, We aren't the guys that typically build new homes. We give life to an existing structure. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. It's fire up. Get going on the phones and speak with Janet. Janet, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on CamWex. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Um, I wanted to know your opinion. I'm remodeling a home, and uh, I wanted to know what your feelings are uh, regarding galvanized roofing versus uh, asphalt shingles. Um, and give me a little more information on metal roofing here, Janet. Where Where is the house, and uh, what does the roof look like uh, in okay, the metal form? Okay, it's it's in Cuba, Missouri. I've called your company in a few few times, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's too far for you. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it's I'm talking about right now. There's just shingles on it, the asphalt shingles. Um, it it's you know they're they need to be replaced, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm considering a metal roof. Okay. Okay. I've, friend of mine in Naples, I know it's a different state, different weather, but right. he just had a galvanized uh, roof put on his home mm-hmm. down there um, and explained to me what all the parts and everything go with that. Um, but I'm trying to figure out, is that a good idea or not? And um, I know there's a couple different kinds. Sure, sure. Um, A metal roof is a premium roof. Janet tends to last much longer, especially if it's galvanized. There's steel roofing that is painted. Uh, There's a standing rib, which has little up and down things every 16 inches. That's a standing seam roof, uh, commonly seen in past years as copper. Uh, So a metal roof typically takes a little more labor to install unless you have big sheets. So the galvanized roof, when I hear your word galvanized, I think of the corrugated, up-and-down, squiggly, wavy roof material that tends to go on uh, barns and and simple structures like that. Okay, that's not what I mean, though. I mean what you first talked about, where it's got the ribs in it every foot or so, 15 inches. Yeah, yeah. That's a really cool-looking roof. Uh, Number one, uh, down. this is Naples, Florida, I'm assuming? Well, no, no, that's my friend who put one on, and he sent me a picture, and I right. really liked it. 
Yeah. Right, right. Well, down there they have hurricanes. Up here we have tornadoes. Right. So the wind lift value of a premium roof is a big deal. Um, when you get into a painted steel roof, you're into a premium roof, and the similar composite shingle, regular you know shingles, are, generally are a 50-year roof. So when you're oh, comparing okay. dollars, apples to apples, when you put a painted steel or standing ribs, whatever it is, there are several different kinds. Uh, you're into a 50-year type roof, and that's, you know, people say, well, you know, it's it lasts a lot. Well, it's going to cost you more, and it's going to last right. longer. Um, now, okay. one thing I will caution you on that uh, the South does not have, we have a big deal with ice. Ice literally crawls uphill and wicks its way underneath any roof, any and all roofing materials. So you have to be aware that um, you can't put a cheap metal roof on in St. Louis because the snow and ice problem, you know, when you get ice stacked up, 10 inches on top of a metal roof and then the temperature rises to 50 degrees while the ice is still on the roof and then freezes at night, you wind up with water problems even though you don't have a leak in the roof. Do you follow where I'm going here? Yes. So uh, when you say there is a roof that you can put on, the builder talked about, that is has the same life as a shingles. Uh, a, a very premium uh, roof shingle for sure. Okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, they uh, they will. I mean, twenty five, thirty years. That's that's what I think he meant. Yeah. Well, when you get into a metal roof, uh, the similar age is about fifty. So, I mean, if you do price comparisons, pick out a fifty year composite roof and then a metal roof, and then you're p comparing apples to apples because metal typically will last much longer than twenty and thirty years. Um, but okay. you still have to use a even when you put a metal roof on. The metal roof that goes on in Naples, Florida, or Houston, Texas, uh, is not the same way because you've got snow and ice up here. It's a different game. Uh, okay. So there, you're buying a really good roofing contractor. That's the deal. So make sure you're buying people as well as features because okay. if, you, if you have a premium roof and a regular roofer's hands, you're going to wind up with problems. If you have a premium oh, roof okay. and a really well-skilled, experienced person used to using that material, you're going to have an extraordinary experience with that roof. You follow me? Oh, yes, yes. And the only other thing is, do you do they typically put that over your existing asphalt shingle roof? Uh, yeah, they do. They can leave that on and then put okay. purlins, which is a metal or wood uh, razor piece, and then the metal goes over the top. So that's uh, also um, something you can do. I, if you have problems with um, um, any kind of a leak, then... I would inspect that roof sheathing uh, at least from the attic side underneath looking for any water problems. Right. Okay? Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for your help. I sure appreciate it. All right, Janet. Good luck, my friend. Okay, Scott. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. Home Improvement, KMOX. Scott Mosby off and running here on University of KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement, right to the phones. Let's talk to B this afternoon on KMOX. Hello, B. How can we help? Hi, I was listening to you uh, talk about putting in the ceramic tile. Yes. And I'm not, 
I'm not really sure where the lady is going to put it, but that stuff, if it gets wet, it is slick as glass. Yeah. It's a real... It's a real killer because your feet go right out from underneath you. Yes. So I wanted to uh, kind of point that out. I appreciate it. To use that. Good point, B. Some ceramic tiles are very slick. There are those that are textured for wet locations, for example, you know, in a shower or a bathroom or this, you know, maybe an entry foyer. Uh, good point. Uh, not all tiles are equal. You're exactly right. And boy, howdy. A wet, slick ceramic tile is a hazard for sure. Thanks for bringing that forward. All right. Thank you. All right. So, Sandra, who was uh, calling Sandra here earlier, was the end of hour one. And, B, thank you so much. I think you're exactly right. Good point. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, B. Uh, And, again, there we go. Uh, I missed it. It's slippery tile. Make sure you pick slick location tiles sandra um ceramic tile is good for the moisture coming through not all ceramic tiles are um tread worthy especially when you're in a breezeway or entry um that can be wet good point very good point uh let's see what's cooking here with john john welcome to camo x this afternoon how can we help sir uh yes sir i'm uh, interested in heating up my garage okay i've Looked at um, the electric heaters that hang from the ceiling. Um, my breakers are upstairs and in, in the garage, and I can easily hook that up. But I was down in my basement, and the actual trunk line for the, the main uh, heater and air conditioning terminates at that wall. And I was wondering if I can put a register going through the wall into the garage and that that would be, I know it's not going to be as hot as using a thermostatically controlled electric heater, but I, I'm not too sure which options I, I should do or if that's even worth my effort to put one register in uh, the garage. It's a three-car garage, and it's fully insulated. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, John, yes, you can put that register through, and no, you shouldn't. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a breach of the firewall. So, okay. you know, if one of your gotcha. cars, you know, gasoline, all that stuff. So you literally are about to put a hole, you know, between your, sure. okay. you know, um, hazardous flame area called a garage in your main house. So uh, don't do that. Number two, uh, even on a one car garage, you wouldn't get enough heat because it's not as well insulated as the rest of the house. So y- y- it okay. would be much ado about nothing. So good question. I appreciate your bringing it forward. And frankly, those baseboard heaters, if you've got the electric circuit for it, uh, they're really hard to beat. Frankly, if you've got that insulated door uh, and the walls and a ceiling in your garage, you uh-huh. know, Aside from those big engine block cars, heaters, you know, that's doing, uh, you know, pretty good job. I, I have an insulated garage, and I very seldom use a heater. My garage is usually pretty warm because of the car engine heat. Gotcha. Um, All right. I'm glad I called you then. <laughs> yeah, uh, simple is sir. better, John. A, a little plug-in portable heater. I move it around, and, and you know, when it when it hits, when we get below 20 and 15 degrees outside, I plug in and I'll turn that heater on. Um, but, you know, and that doesn't violate any codes. Just make sure you've got enough juice out there to, to run those watts. Okay, great. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Good point, John. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. And there you go. Uh, If you insulate your garage, you will have a warmer garage in the wintertime because you drive these cars around, those engine blocks get all warm, 
and then you come in and park it inside a garage that holds the heat because if you've got an insulated garage door, uh, good weather stripping around that so you don't have big air leaks, uh, insulated walls and an insulated ceiling, that heat is going to stay. Likewise, in the springtime, you're going to create a little bit of a problem. Um, and uh, Sandra said in the end of the first hour when we were talking about the ceramic tile for the breezeway, condensation. Well, what happens is uh, during the um, springtime when the floor of the concrete is still very cold and the soil outside maybe on the driveway is very cold, uh, you open up that garage door and it's normally pretty warm. Well, then the temperature comes in, the humidity comes in from good old St. Louis weather right out of the air, and it hits that cold concrete floor. And though the air might be warm, that cold concrete floor, just like the iced tea glass, you get a wet floor and it's condensation. So having um, insulated or even just an uninsulated garage, you can wind up with a wet basement or garage floor like that. So just be aware that's normal and customary. But insulating your garage is a really good thing if you want the comfort. And the older I get, the, you know, the warmer I like my toes when I go outside into that car. And, and that's nice. And, you know, when it gets really cold and the engine block heaters, we have a two-car garage. And so it heats it up, it heats it up pretty well. But below 15 degrees, whew, man, it gets chilly out there. Um, let's take a short pause, come back for more. We're going to talk about fun things. We've got some great calls here on University of KMOX. Scott Mosby at your service. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah. Here together, home improvement. Stay tuned here. An afternoon of fun on KMOX. One o'clock following this show, the Rick Edelman Show. At three o'clock, the business of family business, health matters at 4 p.m. That's presented by SSM Health, and Fred Bottomer is on call there. And then tonight, we've got the Blues pregame show with Alex Ferrari. 530, 6 o'clock, Blues in the Winnipeg Jets right here at Scott Trade here in St. Louis. Later on, we're going to go on to the Kansas City Chiefs football game a little bit after that uh, hockey game. Man, we've got all kinds of stuff. More fun than adults should have on radio here. KMOX for you. Let's go to the phones and let's talk with uh, Kyle. Kyle, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can we uh, help you? Hello, Kyle. Are you still with us? Did I put you to sleep? Hello, Kyle. Uh-oh. Kyle, I'm going to put you back on hold here, and we're going to get and talk to Mike. Hey, Mike, uh, how you doing there, my friend? Oh, very good, Scott. Hey, my question basically is whether there, a job I have in mind is too small for you guys. I have an old house, and I have a plaster wall between two bedrooms, and in the wall is a doorway we've never used. In fact, it's been sealed. Mm-hmm. And what I have in mind is somebody coming out, I would assume, like with a saber saw and carefully cutting out the doorway and then filling it in with drywall or something. Is that something you guys would do? Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a little more code deep. So although the project is fairly simple, uh, the code requirements, uh, electrical, all that, yes, we do that all the time. Uh, you might be surprised that there are more things to it than just that simplicity. Um, <laughs> I'm always surprised. The more you know, the tougher it gets somehow, uh, you know, but uh, you bet. And that's, we do, uh, for us, that's a, uh, you know, that's not a very small job. So no worries there. We'd be glad to help you. 
Okay, well, thank you much. All right, Mike. Thanks for the call, my friend. Okay, bye. Bye now. Uh, anybody looking for us, that's uh, 314-909-1800, Mosby Building Arts. That's my day job. And uh, thank you for considering us. Uh, let's see if we can wake up Kyle here. Hey, Kyle, are you back there, my friend? Uh, Scott Mosby here. Listen to your phone and not your radio. Are you there, Kyle? Oh, I hear snoring. Yep. We put Kyle to sleep, man. I'll tell you what. There we go. We're going to go see what's cooking here with my friend Steve. Hey, Steve. Scott Mosby here. How can Good I help? Morning. Yes, sir. Uh, two questions. One, um, I have a three-bedroom house. I live by myself. Is it okay to close up two of the bedrooms and not heat them during the wintertime, or is that detrimental to the house? And then second, if I have somebody, I've, I've got some slight movement in my foundation, no cracks in the foundation, but it's messing with the drywall seams mm -hmm. in the house. If I get that uh, solidified or whatever with a, a, a company, does it come with a guarantee if it moves again? You know, I've, I've paid to have painters come in and fill in the cracks and whatever, and it cracks a second time. Is that... You know, what do you think about that? Well, number one, not all cracks in drywall are caused by the foundation. No, we do a consulting visit because sometimes you've got water coming in on the outside of the house. You can't tell it on the inside, the, pa the, the paper, the tape, the whatever. We've even run into termites that were uh, eating out. In it, and the only thing left on that surface of the wall, actually ate the drywall too, was the, uh, the paper and the paint they had eaten. You know, so... It, it's not always structure that causes that movement. You've got a lot of structure above the foundation that that could be as well. So, uh, yes, that's a good place to start, but uh, it may be more than just foundation. Um, uh, number one, and uh, what was your other question on that, uh, Steve? I have two, three bedrooms, and I, I oh, posed yeah. up two of them. And don't heat them. Is is that a problem? And you know, during the winter time. Yeah, uh, underheating them is a good thing. Leave the doors open. Close the supply register. That's fine. the The rooms will be a little bit cooler than the rest. That's okay. But having no circulation, for example, closing those doors, you're isolating the humidity in there, and I would not like to see that happen. So leave okay. the door open. Close down the flow to it. All the systems that work on drying the air, moving the air, uh, filtering the air still continues to work, but you'll just have rooms that are a little chillier than others, and that's, that's just fine. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, good question, Steve. Thank you. Bye now. And, Bye. And keep in mind here, um, a house is a, as simple as you might think it is, is a very complex engineered system. The different materials, the steel, the wood, the brick, the plaster, the drywall, the paint, the trims, the doors. The, that's a ton of different types of building materials, and they all interrelate differently. Then you throw in this thing called insulation, trying to uh, separate the outside from the inside. And that then throws another variable in there. Then you heat it or cool it, which involves both um, drying the air uh, or... Not and then that makes all those building materials behave differently. So when the question is, can I shut off two rooms or a second floor or whatever, you can underserve those parts of the house, but make sure the air is circulating. Otherwise, you trap that moisture, 
trapped moisture in a still relatively warm place grows things. Not good. Um, and I have been in some phenomenally well-insulated, super-insulated, good building science houses with very intelligent homeowners, and they had actually shut off the heating and cooling to one level of the house. And then they moved a bedboard away from the wall, an exterior wall. There was mold back there. Well, if you don't move and dry the air, uh, once you create, when, when you insulate and isolate an interior finished surface like a house from the outdoors, you now own all the responsibility to dry that air, to move the air, and circulate everything so the critters don't grow in there. Whether it's bugs above 55% relative humidity, you have a house that's too wet, I guarantee you've got a bug problem because they're going to thrive. It's like living down at the Climatron. It's lots of good things there. So anyway, just be aware that when you artificially isolate and insulate any finished structure, including a basement that's unfinished, you own all the responsibility for all that engineering to continue running. Otherwise, you fail, you know. So there was nothing wrong other than what I suggested to these homeowners was just leave your blower on. You can turn the thermostat down to 65 or 62, save the energy there, but you have such a well-insulated home. It depends on this artificial system to circulate and filter the air and sometimes dry the air. Um, and I'll see uh, finished basements where my advice is make sure you continue to run the air conditioning. Yeah, but it doesn't get cold. Well, then you've got to dehumidify it with dehumidifiers because you will you still own that responsibility. Air in St. Louis is wet. I think today the relative humidity out there is something like 60, 62 percent. You know, that's two-thirds of the maximum amount of water vapor is hanging in our air outdoors, even though it's a nice day. It's still pretty wet. Anyway, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Stay tuned. More here on University of Camwex. Scott Mosby doing my best to pedal. Bosco making 50,000 watts. I'm doing my best to answer your questions here on Camwex. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, live and lively home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. So much to talk about here on University of KMOX. Stay tuned. We've got great things here throughout the day, all day long on University of KMOX. And we have some phone lines open if you want to call, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. If you call in and uh, it's after the hour, I'm, I'm happy to answer questions off the air after the 1 o'clock time. So no worries. If you've got a question, I'll, I'll help you the best I can if you're willing to uh, uh, call in. Uh, you're part of the Camelx family. I'm all yours. Uh, let's go see what's on the phone lines here and speak with Harry. Harry, good afternoon. Welcome to Saturday on Camelx. Good afternoon to you, too, and thank you for your program, Scott. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, th this gutter that talks about that it, it, you won't have to clean it again, and uh, I was wondering about that, how that works. I have gutter helmet on my, uh, not gutter helmet, uh, guard on my uh, house now, and it seems to do a pretty good job, but I was wondering about this, this other gutter, uh, if you could, do you uh, know about that? Uh, very much so, Harry. Um, there are uh, two or three different kinds of um, 
uh, leaf protection on gutters. Number one is a hooded system of which leaf guard and the gutter helmet do similar things. Leaf guard, it's all built into the gutter. So you, and what I like about the leaf guard, it's kind of like a box beam. It's a, it's a four-sided metal piece and it's, uh, I'll explain how the hood works in a little bit. And it's good when you're replacing the gutters and you want the leaf protection because you're, you're buying all new gutters anyway. Um, now, the gutter helmet is a very good system and it adds on to an existing gutter. So if your gutters are in pretty good shape, your downspouts are working and everything's sloping fine, then I like the gutter helmet. They both are effective and they're both what's called a hooded system, H-O-O-D. ED hooded system and it works on surface adhesion and so at the hood there's a metal cover no holes in it and it wraps around and it bends right on the top and the water flows and kind of sticks to that curved part of the gutter rolls around and literally drips into the gutter but it keeps the leaves and the twigs and all the whirly gigs and such from falling in your gutters um, so I like the hooded system and I have that at my home um, when you get to gutter guard and you start putting a mesh on it, um, when you get into oak tassels, uh, maple squirts, uh, small pieces like that, um, or even uh, sometimes you get, uh, oh, uh, maybe... Um, um, oh, any kind of small debris. Uh, it, it can plug up your gutter guard, which is a mesh system. Now they have a micro mesh that is so small they claim nothing. Well, if you have a screen on the top of your gutter, there's maintenance because you sooner or later have to clean that screen just like cleaning a filter in your furnace. Um, so that's the gutter guard. And then there are all kinds of meshes and there's a foam insert that goes in there. The problem with some of the foam inserts on those gutters is once they get wet, if they freeze in the winter, they can really mess with your gutter. So some of these systems are really good down south because it never freezes up here. Um, and, and just generally, universally, the, the more costly ones are these hooded systems and the more effective ones, in my opinion, are the hooded systems. Okay, that sounds like it. That answers my question. And, it, and uh, what really pays for it, Harry, is uh, not going up on the roof. So I say, well, who buys these hooded systems? And they generally say the wives of the husbands that, that want them to stop going up on the roof. And that's a fact. That's why we have them. Uh, I just don't belong on a roof anymore. <laughs> oh, me either. Me either. Well, thank you for your information, uh, for the information, Scott. Appreciate it. All right, Harry. Good luck, my friend. Oh, thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. And there you go. It's just uh, we're all in this together. Uh, our homes are all similar. Um, some of us have regular maintenance on our homes. It might have people come by to clean the gutters. We have gutter um, uh, guard on it. And there's so many different kinds of gutter guards. And some work really well. Some work okay. And there are some of those gutter uh, systems that just work very, very poorly. So be careful. Um, they uh, don't all operate as promised. And, you know, one of the examples I make is, uh, for example, going to a home show. Uh, and I often speak on stage at, at home shows. And one of my challenges to the uh, participants in, in the audience is go around through this entire home show and see if anybody will tell you their product and their service does a bad job. Well, of course not. They all make the same claims. 
Um, well, then visit the Better Business Bureau and see how many of those businesses have A-plus ratings and that, you know, they deal with those complaints and problems and corrections. And you'll find a very different thing. So it still is consumer, uh, you know, buyer beware. Uh, just the promises and uh, specifications are usually the same. It'll work. Um, but the fact is different in actuality, and it gets down to labor quality. Uh, are they really finishing the job of installation? And it really comes down to labor. Are people doing a really good job at it? Let's see what's uh, working here and talk to Greg here in the last couple of minutes. Greg, how are you doing? How can I help? Yeah, thank you, sir. I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah. Um, we, we built uh, out in St. Charles County about 10 years ago, <clears throat> and I'm a pretty avid gardener. And so I planted some understory-type trees like dogwood and redbud and uh, like a blue atlas cedar around on different parts of the foundation on the corners of the house. Yep. Am I going to have to be considering <clears throat> cutting those trees out in the near future to keep those roots from uh, destroying the foundation? Uh, yeah, the foundation, those roots will seek moisture. Um, your foundation is a dam, so moisture uh, tries to flow, runs into the broad side of that concrete foundation. So it stays pretty moist next to the house and warm. So roots really like that warm, moist area next to the foundation. If you're about 10 feet from the foundation, trees generally like that, you know, decorative trees, do okay, but they are avid. Uh, and they're surface rooters instead of big, deep tap rooters so the answer is yes if it's less than 10 feet 10 feet or thereabouts you're usually in pretty good shape 10 feet or less i need to consider cutting them down well just watching it make sure i wouldn't cut down a tree but i would uh, be, i wouldn't be uh, uh worried about digging a hole next to the foundation and seeing what kind of roots are there so don't kill something that doesn't need to be no, uh, cut no. But I would uh, add, you know, you're looking for more information, and anything less than 10 feet, I'd take a look. Okay. And then my, I have one more quick question. Uh, let me put uh, you on hold here, Greg. I'll answer you off the air. How's that? Okay? Okay. Sounds, sounds good. Thanks. All right. Hang on, folks. Stay tuned. Rick Edelman up next on X. 